Welcome to Unpacking the Box Podcast, Season 5, Baltimore Love. This is Linnea, your host, and thank you so much for tuning in. Guys, you are in store for something so great. I am repping my city where I was born and raised. Let's go. Tonight, I'm here with the founder of Tendaya Family, and he's also a positive force in the Black community. I'm here with Elijah Miles. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've actually been following you, your work, and I also saw you, like, so many people, like, share your posts, and I've seen you on the news. Really? Yeah, so I'm like, I got to talk to him. I'm like, when I'm going into my fifth season, I'm like, we got to jump off with him because he's just so amazing. So I'm so honored and so um, I'm so happy that you're here. I really appreciate it. Yes. So for the people who don't know, because I know, where are you from? I'm born and raised in Baltimore City, East Baltimore in particular. And um, yeah, I've been doing, uh, I think, great work down here. Yes, I am uh, born and raised in Baltimore, too. Um, I don't currently live there now, but uh, my family's still there. And so, you know, I, I was like, I got to celebrate Baltimore this season too, you know, because we get so much black and, you know, we get a bad name, but it's some amazing work being done done in the city. And there's some beautiful, beautiful people there. So I was like, I got to, you know, I got to show love. Yeah, they do. They hate on Baltimore all the time. Where, where, are, you, where are you living now? So I'm in the county now. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you're still around. Yeah, I'm still around. Yep, not too far. <laughs> yep. So, and I also grew up on the east side too. And I um I went to Colleton Square Elementary School. Ah, oh, dope. 
So I went to, uh, I don't know if you know the school, is William Packer Elementary? Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, like, I grew up on um, Monument, Monument Street, basically. Oh, okay. Most of my life. Yeah, so we just did the the grocery giveaway down there in the neighborhood I grew up in. But yeah, yeah, small world, small world. Yes, right. Okay, so before we get into all the amazing work that you're doing, I want you to, you know, take us like through your journey a little bit that led you to the work that you do. My journey. Okay, so like I said, born and raised in East Baltimore. And basically I grew up as a regular kid living in Baltimore City. Uh, Lived on Monument and Glover. Uh, in the hood, <clears throat> and I wanted to be like most of it, the boys that I saw in my neighborhood. I wanted to ride dirt bikes uh, when I was growing up in the early 2000s, because I'm still, I'm a young guy. When I was growing up in the early 2000s, it was uh, Bloods on my block, and a couple blocks away, it was Crips, so I wanted to be a Blood. Uh, I wanted to sell drugs. And it's not that I wanted to sell drugs because I was into selling drugs. It just I felt like the people that were that were really getting the money, that were really getting the girls, that that's what they were doing. And so I wanted to do that. So I grew up really uh, in the trenches with a regular mindset. Uh, And so everything changed basically when I got into middle school. When I got into middle school and I'm fighting, I'm doing different things like that. I had a teacher named Mr. Scott and Mr. Scott was kind of like, I don't know if you've seen him, you would think he was like Jamaican or something. He got like dreadlocks, but they like, you know, freeform dreadlocks, those untouched dreadlocks, like not, not go to the hair salon. Mm-hmm. So when I was, uh, you know, being around Mr. Scott, I thought he was Rastafarian or something. I thought he was Jamaican because I'm young. I only seen TV. Mm-hmm. Never forget that Mr. Scott had this red, black, and green flag on his desk. And one day I asked Mr. Scott, yo, Scott, who flag is that? And Mr. Scott took a second, he looked up from his desk, and he was like, Elijah, that's your flag. And for those that don't know, the red, black, and green flag is the Pan-African flag that was created by Marcus Garvey to represent black people because the KKK used to have a song that every person, every people has a flag except the nigger. And so Marcus Garvey in the 1920s made a flag to represent black people because we've been disconnected from Africa, been disconnected from any our culture. So we don't know who we are. So he made a flag to represent us. And so basically what Mr. Scott did by telling me about this flag, and then after that, telling me about Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey and Harriet Tubman, all these people, telling me about them, telling me about my history. What he did was, is he shattered my identity. Matter of fact, not shattered, he expanded my identity. So I'm not just a boy from East Baltimore. I'm not just a boy from down the hill. I'm a Black boy that has an obligation to Black people everywhere. And so... That's really what the where the seed was planted. It was in middle school with a teacher named Mr. Scott that told me who I was, that told me what it means to be black, that told me that I have an obligation to my community, that told me that uh, I don't have to look for Martin Luther King. I can be Martin Luther King. I have to look for Malcolm X. I can be Malcolm X. And told me that all the things, the issues that I've seen in Baltimore City, that I have the, the will and I have the determination, I have the type of spirit to change that. 
Uh, and so it was Mr. Scott said into me as a middle school boy that planted the seeds that led me to doing work later in life. Uh, I started speaking around 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And I started um, the organization when I was about like 19 or 20. Uh, and so, <clears throat> but I always, you know, throughout growing uh, up, I always was reading and learning and, and, and just focused on Baltimore City, looking at the issues that's in Baltimore City, not just police brutality or not just, um, you know, drugs, but really looking at the issues that we have as a people and saying, like, you know, what can be done about that? What can I do about that? And um, that would, that like, I don't know, that colored my whole upbringing. People that met me in middle school, people that met me in high school, that went to school with me would tell you that, yo, Elijah was always on some change Baltimore black stuff. He always was on that. Um, and I didn't know always what I was going to do with that. But uh, if it wasn't for Mr. Scott, you know, I don't think I'd be where, where I am today. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. And 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 one thing that I do love about you too, you always talk about solutions, you know, and because so many people, you know, complain and, and they say, well, this there's a problem here, you know, th- this is going on here, but nobody's, you know, doing anything or coming up with solutions or taking action. So, and I know that's one of the things you talk about too. So I I think that's amazing because that's that's what we need to do. We need to start acting like all that talking and stuff, like that's you know. That's not going to get us anywhere, you know. So, I love that. No, you're right. I love that. So, yes, we got to get so we got to come together and figure out what to make action plan and just execute it. And so that's what you're doing, and um, which leads me into your organization, the Tendaya Family Organization. And I see you guys all over, like, doing so many great things. So for the people that don't know what you do, because I want the listeners to understand that you are, you're on the grounds with your team. And I see your beautiful fiance and your whole team. You guys are amazing and so inspiring. Like, you're in the trenches helping on the ground. Like, you in it. So tell the people um, what your organization all entails. So Tendaya Family is a youth-led grassroots organization. And basically, our mission is simple. We're about advancing Baltimore City's Black community by operating transformative programs focused on identity, self-improvement, community service, and engagement. Identity, self-improvement, community service, and engagement. And so all of the things that we do, you're always going to see them falling into one of those buckets. Is either about identity, uh, helping people to know what it means to be black, know what it means to be a man, know what it means to be a woman, so that we can start acting that out. It's going to even be about self improvement, about bettering ourselves. So everybody inside Tendaya, uh, I don't know how the viewers will feel about this, or the listeners will feel about this. Everybody inside Tendaya, none of us smoke or drink or have sex with people we're not relationships with, or do different things like that. And the reason we don't do those things is because we think those things have done more harm to the Black community than it has helped. So we're always about identity, self-improvement, community service, and engagement. So I give you a couple more things about what that looks like. Like, what do we actually do? So we run a community cleanup every Sunday. 
Uh, we ran it for the last three years. We ran uh, over 150 community cleanups so far. We run a Black History Book Club on Sundays, just uh, getting people to know about their history. We're reading books together, discussing issues in Baltimore City, finding solutions and trying to implement. So that's every Sunday community cleanup in a Black History Book Club called the Drawing Board. Uh, on Mondays, we run a community workout. It's been canceled today. But on Mondays, we run a community workout, uh, just care, getting people to care about health and fitness and exercising. Mm-hmm. On every Wednesday, we run a sister's dinner, which is for Black women only. And it's just Black women trying to build sisterhood, Black women focusing on the issues that women have between women, focusing on the issues that they have with Black men and men in general, and healing and building sisterhood and discovering what it means to be uh, a Black woman based on what Black women have been that came before us. Uh, and then it's multiple other programs that we do. But the point is, is that all of the people that's a part of Tendaya, we are basically full-fledged spending our time, money, energy about changing Baltimore City's Black community. Uh, and we focused on, you know, changing ourselves so that we can change our community. Yeah. hmm I love all of that. That's amazing. I've, I've seen the work that you guys have been doing, and I think that's so amazing. And you guys did like a, a Black book giveaway, I saw? Yeah, it's our fourth annual. Fourth wow. Annual. That's awesome. $4,000. Well, we're giving over $5,000 worth of books to, to Black kids about Black history. Yeah, but it's part of the, you know, the identity aspect. And now that you know a little bit about my story, you can see why we do the Black Book giveaway because that's really the thing that changed me and changed many of the people that supported the organization is that it was a book. It was a teacher. It was somebody that was just telling them that, yo, you don't got to you don't got to be a drug dealer. In fact, you're not a drug dealer. You don't got to be acting like a thug. That's not really you. That the, the thing you acting on, you acting like a drug dealer, you talking about dragging and shagging. That ain't really you. This is who you really are. You Marcus Garvey, you're Malcolm X. You're these people that came before you. You this person that can change your community. That's who you are. Definitely. I love that. I love that because that's just like a, a testament to really, you know, somebody breathing life into you and just, you know, embedding those words into you. And then you flip your mindset. And I love that. And so th- that's the power of the tongue. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I, I love that you guys push out, you know, the black books, too, because, you know, when you're sitting, I know for me, myself, I love reading, too. And when you're sitting with those words, sometimes alone, they penetrate differently, you know. And so you start to believe that, okay, well, I can do this too. And so that's so important. So I'm glad, I'm so happy that you guys do that. Yes. So, yes. So in what ways can we, like in Black media, you know, podcasters, people who have magazines, Black people who have blogs and, you know, all type of um, these these media um, outlets, like how can we flip our narrative, because I know you talk about that a lot too. I actually watched your video where you were speaking about WAP, right? And I saw mm-hmm. people were like, I <laughs> people, were getting, people were getting mad, but it's like, 
it's like I had mixed feelings because as a woman, I understand what some women were saying. But then what you were saying, I received what you were saying, too, because you just want better for us as a whole, as black women and black women as a whole. And and for me, I feel like I mean, I don't know if the listeners will agree with this or not, but I feel like black people in general, like we cannot fight the narrative if we're feeding it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want it. So far as media, the media, uh, the media, as far as the music, the movies, the TV, uh, it's, it's in some ways keeping us in a situation that we're in as Black people because when you think about identity, and for the listeners, identity, it just means who, who am I? How do you answer the question of who am I? But when you think about the who am I question, imagine if I'm a boy, young boy, my, my dad's locked up or my dad uh, has been killed and I'm being raised by a single mother that's working two jobs to feed me. Uh, she's not there to tell me who I am. And so when I'm looking at my environment, that's what I'm getting my who am I. When I'm looking at the TV, when I'm looking at listening to music, when I'm watching movies, that's why I'm getting my who am I. That's why I'm getting my definition of what it means to be a black male what it means to be a Black woman. And so in that context, media is extremely powerful. It's not just music. It's not just a movie. It's not just TV. It's extremely powerful, especially for Black people because of the broken families, broken homes that a lot of us come from. These things really tell us definitions of manhood, of womanhood, of all of this stuff. So the media, the Black media, is so important. It's so, so important. Right now, Unlike the 60s and the 70s with Malcolm and Martin and them, right now, the musicians, the movie stars, the rappers, the singers, the ball players, they are the leaders. But that's as a result of the media. That's mm-hmm. as a result of the media. Uh, I'm glad you brought me on. And I appreciate that. But it's so many news stations that are black run or news stations that are black operated uh, that won't bring me on. And I'm not talking about just me. I'm talking about people that's doing this line of work, working for black people, trying to help black people get to a better place. People won't bring those types of characters on. Uh, they'll bring the rapper on now. They'll bring the, the music star on now. And so media in some ways determines, it, it's going to determine where we go next as a people, as a people. Excuse me. Um, and so it's extremely powerful. It's extremely powerful. So I say what the black media can do is that you have to support the organizations that are working for the betterment of black people in your city, in your community, in, in your town. You got to support those organizations. You got to get those organizations pressed because we would have never heard of a Malcolm X. We would have never heard of a Malcolm X if it wasn't for, I think it was a it was a Mike Wallace program, the media. You would have never heard of the Black Panthers if it wasn't for uh, when Huey Newton got shot. Huey Newton, uh, other Black Panthers end up getting shot. And that story was ran across the country. And so the Black Panthers became this thing, this young, wild thing. Uh, point is, is that we, even when it comes to the Montgomery bus boycott and Martin Luther King, it was the press, it was the media. So the media is one of the tools of the movement. It's one of the tools of the revolution. And so Black media has to support Black organizations that are doing great work in the community because 
if you have, you know, people that are working for the community, have people working for the betterment, betterment of the community, but they don't have no press, they don't have no presence, they don't have no, they, the people don't know them because the media is not doing their part. The media is just introducing them to, to rappers and musicians and ball players. Then we're going to be in this condition for years to come. Because the ball players, though they're great at what they do, the rappers, though they're great at what they do, the comedians, though they're funny and great at what they do, they're not going to get Baltimore City in a different position. They're not, that's not their line of work. They tell jokes, they play ball, and there's no offense to them. But a person like Tendaya, the people that send Tendaya, or the people that send PLM, or the people that send these organizations across Baltimore City, those are the people that's going to get the city to a better place. Because they're nine to five. The thing they're thinking about 24-7, the thing that moves them is how do we get the city to a better place? Not it's Christmas time, so I'm going to do a toy drive. Or it's Thanksgiving, I'm going to get out some turkeys. No, beyond that, it's certain people that's in the city, certain people in, in whatever city you're in that are completely focused on how do we push our people forward. And those people have to be supported, especially by the media. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And that's one of the reasons why I want to have you on. And just I'm looking for so many people like yourself, because I think you guys do need to be coming to the forefront. You know what I mean? Like, we got to get it out there. You know, people need to know. And hopefully when people hear this, they will support you guys and your movement even more. And you'll get even more exposure because that's what it's about. It all intertwines. You know, we have to help yes. each other, you know. Yes, you are. Yes. So how, let me ask you, how did you, how do we bridge the gap? In what ways can we bridge the gap between the divide between Black men and Black women? Because that's another thing, um, you know, within the community. Yeah. So that one is a, is a really hard one. That's definitely a really hard one. But is I'm glad you even said it like that, because there's definitely a divide between Black men and women. And we don't call it out. But the divide starts early on because a lot of us grow up in single parent homes. And so since we're growing up in single parent homes uh, and you're seeing moms most likely raising you by yourself, there's already a, a seed planted that niggas ain't shit. Excuse my language. There's always a, it's already a seed planted that the dude ain't, you know, black man ain't nothing, ain't worth a can't depend on him for nothing. And that may be true about your pop. So that may be true about your father. But to bridge the gap between Black men and women, there's a couple of things that need to be happen. And, and people are never going to like this, but it has to be forgiveness. There has to be forgiveness. And forgiveness comes not just by saying, I forgive Black men or I forgive Black women. Forgiveness comes from understanding. You have to understand the situation that led your father to do what he did or led your mom to do you the way that she did. Uh, and so it goes back to how you relate to your parents. And it has to be some forgiveness based on some understanding. So me, my parents were great, but they didn't, they, they made some mistakes. But through my looking at their history, I understood why they made the mistakes that they made. I understood that oh, my mother was born during the crack epidemic. Uh, and, and so you know, she ended up on drugs. Uh, and so she was in and out of jail for a time period. I understood that. Um, you can got to understand 
oh, your father grew up in a, in a city that where it ain't no jobs. And so he, he got to selling drugs and he ended up in prison for the rest of his life. And now you were raised without a father. You have to understand that so you can forgive him. So that's one, forgiveness. The second is that we live in a, and maybe listeners won't like this, but we live in a feminist era right now. And I got nothing against feminism if it means women having re- equal rights. Black women deserve and must have equal rights. But with feminism uh, comes the destruction of manhood and destruction of womanhood. Not saying we have to go off of what white people say manhood is or what white people say womanhood is, but we need a definition of manhood and womanhood because the reason there's a divide between black men and women is because women have needs and not, their needs are not being met by men and men have needs and their needs are not being met by women. But if you don't know your role, if our community hasn't decided on what a man should be, if our community hasn't decided what a woman should be, not saying that black men decide what black women should be. I'm saying if the sisterhood, if women haven't decided what women should be, then how are we going to relate to each other correctly? And so me and Satendale, we have a definition of manhood. I, as a black man, am expected to protect, to provide for not only my family, but I'm supposed to protect and provide for my community. And so when you see me doing stuff out in the community as far as um, giving kids books, like we're giving the kids the books, that's because I'm supposed to provide for my community. Your child is my child. I have to think about, you know, the community. So when you think about kids saying, well, you know how we complain and say the, the city is shutting down all the rec centers. Mm-hmm. Me as a black man and other black men, we need to say, instead of complaining about the city shutting down the rec centers, it's our obligation. It's our duty to build more rec centers so that our kids have something to do. Mm-hmm. Don't wait on the city to do it, but I'm expected to provide. And even if I fail to provide, I know that my expectation is to provide. I know I have to strive to provide. I have to try to provide. But imagine if we we living in a time where it's like, yo, men are going to provide. It's 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's 50-50. And, and, and so what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that you have to adopt the definition of manhood. What I'm saying is we have to have a definition of manhood because imagine this. If you cheat on me or lie to me or disrespect me but we if you disrespect me and i'm offended and i want to hold you accountable for that but me and you do not have the same definition of respect in disrespect then how am i able to really hold you accountable for what you did oh i say oh you disrespected me you said that's not disrespect that's not what i believe that's what i'm saying with manhood and womanhood we mm-hmm. need the same definition of manhood and womanhood. If you go in the Jewish community, they have the same definition of manhood and womanhood. They expect the same things out of their boys, expect the same things out of their girls. Behaviors, uh, not like how they should dress, forget all that. Behaviors, uh, like righteous behavior. So what I'm saying is in order for black men and women to relate to each other correctly, it has to be some, some common things that we agree upon that men should do this. Men have to do this. And if they're not doing this, they should be held accountable. Like for us, like I, in my organization, 
the way the organization is set up, I would be in trouble if I was out here having sex with somebody that I'm that I'm not in a relationship with. Because that's we we said that real black men don't do that. Uh, that's not good for our community. So we don't do that. So I will be held accountable. The point is, long thing to say is that for me, the top two things is forgiveness, but we have to have some, we have to have some clear definitions of manhood and womanhood, or we will not get the men and the women uh, that we need. We not get the men and women that we need. And women and black men and women, when they come into relationships, um, relationships fail because this person has expectations that don't match with the other person's expectation. This person has needs that don't match with the other person's needs. And mm-hmm. uh, all that can be avoided if we come to the relationship uh, agreeing upon what we believe men and women are. And so all relationships in, in Tendaya um, are successful so far. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. Listen, you said the whole word, okay? I'm hearing you. I understand exactly Hope what you're saying. Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Hope it wasn't too complicated. No, no, no. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I'm glad you broke it down because you, there's a barrier to whenever, because you know, that's a very sensitive subject when it comes to black, black people in general is a sensitive subject, but especially, you know, the divide between black men and black women and feminism and all those things. That's, that's very sensitive uh, words and, and topics, but I love that how you broke it down because I understand exactly what you're saying and where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, Yes. Um, so what advice would you give to someone who maybe wants to start helping in their own community? Like where do, if they don't know where to start. Where do they start? I would say research organizations that are already doing uh, work and start volunteering. That's the first thing. And then second, you, you have to figure out what you're passionate about. You have to figure out what you really want to see solved in the community. People, different people come at this problem in different ways. So you may care about uh, girls that have been molested. You may care about girls that have been raped. Uh, I, I don't have the expertise to deal with something like that, but you may care about something like that. So first you research to see if there's other organizations that are doing that. But if you don't find an organization that's doing that, I recommend that you start working with girls and if you're really passionate about it, I recommend you build an organization around it. Make it your sole mission in life. Uh, because there are, put it like this, most of the girls that I have been in a relationship with that I've talked to have been raped or molested. I haven't met a lot of Black women that haven't been raped or molested. That's an issue that has to be dealt with in our community. And so it's so many, it's a wide range of issues in our community. You have to figure out which one are you really passionate about? Which one do you feel called to do something about? Uh, because you may be you may be called by the creator to do something about that issue. And so you figure out the one you're passionate about, research that, and uh, get to work. And I don't know if people will see this whole thing, but Matt, if it's anything that I can do as a fellow organizer to help, you know, I'll help. But yeah, get the work. Uh, fix, find a problem, and get the work. Yes, y'all hear that? Y'all get the work. Do yeah. it. Okay. So, what do you like to do when you're not working, like for fun? So I exercise a lot. Um, I watch TV. 
Anybody watch? I don't know if you watch Survivor. No, I don't. Uh-uh. Uh, it's a great show. It's a great show. So it's a uh, it's a competition show, but mm-hmm. um, I, I watch Survivor. Um, you know, I, I don't travel as much as I want to travel, but uh, I have some trips planned out. So I am a regular person. Regular person. I read, watch TV, I run, I work out. We have game nights, I party, you know, I don't drink or smoke, but, you know, I party, you know what I'm saying? So I'm a regular person, and I just, just you know, care about the community on top of all that. Yes, I, I heard about Survivor. I know so many people that watch it, but I've never watched it. I might have to check that out. Yeah, you got to check it out. It's a dope show, dope show if you enter, you know, competition. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm one of those people. I love binging shows on like Netflix and stuff like that. So I'd definitely be down to check that out. Yeah, it's two, two seasons of it is on two seasons of it is, uh, just came on Netflix. So Oh, dope. Okay. Yeah, you would like it. Oh, uh, cool. I'm going to check that out. All right. So, you know, this has been so inspirational, so fun talking to you. You are amazing. You are inspiring. You are really doing amazing work. I want you to keep it up. And I hope that the people really receive the words, the gems that, that would be dropped, you know, as always. And I just want to thank you again for coming on the show. Hey, thank you so much. Yes. But before you leave, I love to do this thing with my guests. It's called, and, and, and the audience, they love it. It's called Unpack Your Box which basically gives you a minute just to say whatever it is you want to say, whatever you got up on your chest, you want to release, whatever you want to say. So what I would say is for everybody that's listening, for everybody that is listening to this video, uh, that will listen to this video, I, I pray that you, you know, you do something for our community. Uh, we again have over 300 murders in Baltimore city. Uh, and Baltimore City is not unlike New York. It's not unlike Detroit. It's not unlike South Central LA. It's not unlike all these other Black areas across the country. And so we as a people, man, we got to do the work to, to build, build our community, to make sure that the people that are coming after us 100 years from now, 200 years from now, the Black people coming after us are in a better place because we live. So I would just, man, ask all the listeners, to figure out what you can do, you yourself can do to make make it so that the black community is in a better place because you existed. Whether that's volunteering, whether that's building an organization, whether that's helping your neighbor, whether that's helping the little boy down the street that don't really got nobody to take care of him or nobody thinking about him. Uh, whatever you can do, that's just a little bit more. All of that is necessary. And I just push you to do that little bit more so that we as a people can get to a better, more prosperous, more powerful place that'll make our ancestors happy and the creator happy. So that's what I would say. Yes, that was good. I love it. So before you leave, let us know, you know, where we can keep up with you, how we can help you, you know, if we if you need us to donate or whatever it is, let us know all your handles, all your all your websites, all that good stuff. Okay, so you can follow the work of Tendaya uh, at Tendaya Family. So on Instagram at Tendaya Family, T-E-N-D-E-A Family, all one word. 
You can find follow us on Facebook also at Tendaya uh, Family. Um, you can follow. So also look at our work on our website, www.tendayafamily.com, T-N-D-A family. If you want to donate and support our work financially, you can support us on PayPal, tendayafamily at gmail.com. And also, if you have questions, comments, concerns, things that you are interested in, advice you want, all of that, you can also email us at tendayafamily uh, at gmail.com. Thank you again. Yes. And I'm going to put this in the show notes so you guys can make sure that you can um, have a link to go there. Make sure you check him out. Him and his team. They're amazing. You guys really, really check him out. Thank you again. And um, y'all be well. We out. Hold up. Before you leave, subscribe to your girl's podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And also keep up with me on Instagram at unpacking underscore the underscore box underscore podcast you can also keep up with your girl on clubhouse i host rooms i pop in and out of rooms you know connect with your girl my name on there is queen wolf and that's with two f's like frank and you can also email me if you want to collab you want to work with me you have a business opportunity like let's work if you know me you know i'm about getting that work done collabing you know, let's uplift each other. Let's support each other. You can email me directly at unpackingtheboxpodcast at gmail.com. And if you need help with uh, your uh, creative side, you know where to reach me at Queen Wolf LLC. My website is Queen Wolf, that's two Fs uh, like Frank, dot com. You know, but um, if you follow me on Instagram, you can hit the link in my bio. It will take you every where that I am. All right, y'all. Be well.